Hey folks, welcome back to Young Black Independentated, or welcome if this is your first time listening. I am the host, Christina Royster. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening, and you can also leave me a rating and review. I really appreciate that. Send your compliments or questions to helloybo at gmail.com. And of course, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I don't know why I said us. I'm the only person on here, but (laughs) follow YBO on social media at the YBO podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All right. Today I have a lot to cover. I know I said that last week, but like actually this week, a lot was going on. So stay tuned. All right, y'all know how we do. I got to start with Put Y'all On. This is the segment of the show where I put y'all on to my favorite thing this week. Music, movie, food, doesn't matter. Whatever I'm feeling this week, I share it with you guys. This week, I'm looking at rent prices because I told y'all that I'm trying to move. Um, I basically lived in North Jersey, moved back to South Jersey. Now I'm looking for something in, in South Jersey. And I saw this article about rent prices raising. So I knew I wasn't crazy. Like I knew New Jersey was expensive, but like, I just feel like it keeps going up. As a matter of fact, I just took a tour of an apartment and I told the lady like, oh, so it's this price, right? And she was like, who told you that? And I was like, last week I called and the lady told me it was this price. She's like, oh, our price has changed. I'm like, in a week, your price has already changed? So yeah, the prices are definitely going up. And I wanted to share with you guys this article in case you or somebody you know is trying to move. These are the places you need to stay away from. It looks like the state that saw the biggest jump in rent prices was Delaware uh, over the past year with a 12.3% increase. That's crazy. Delaware, I was not expecting that from you. And then behind it at number two is Idaho. Number three is Arizona and number four is Montana. So all these states have raised their rent in the past year. On the flip side, Massachusetts had a big decrease down 11%. If y'all trying to move to Massachusetts, I personally don't really want to live in the New England area, but to each his own, if you want to move to Massachusetts, looks like the rent has dropped. Also North Dakota, the rent dropped, New York and Washington. So keep this in mind. If you are looking for a change this spring or summer, uh, you know, COVID has definitely affected everything, housing, education, work. So be on the lookout for that. Now let's jump into the news because as I said, so much was going on this week. Like, where do we even start? How about the fact that Krispy Kreme is giving away free donuts if you show your vaccination card? How do you guys feel about this? I don't know, like, I mean, obviously I'm here for free donuts, like, that's great. But, like, I feel like people are flashing their vaccination like a badge of honor. And it really is, because you are doing your part to help slow the spread of COVID and really get this pandemic under control if you are getting vaccinated. But some people still aren't interested in getting vaccinated or are hesitant. I read an article this week about how literally frontline workers, like actual nurses, were like, no, I'm good. I don't want to get vaccinated. Like, why not? (laughs) So the Krispy Kreme thing, that's a great, you know, giveaway or whatever. But it just made me think about the vaccination passports because that seems not unethical, but just weird. It just doesn't seem, it seems like very dystopian to me, like big brother, like, oh, before you board a plane, you got to prove that you've been vaccinated. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. We've never really done that with any other disease to my knowledge. So it's just like, 
I don't know. Well, COVID has taken many, many lives. So I was going to say it's like chicken pox. Like you don't see people walking around saying, yes, I had chicken pox or no, I didn't have chicken pox. But the vaccination passports, I just feel like um, it's a no for me. I don't want to carry around a vaccination card. I don't know how I, I can't really explain it. Unfortunately, I, it's just a bad vibe. <laughs> but let me know what you guys think about vaccination passports. Now, I do have to turn to something a little more serious. Um, there was a shooting in Boulder, Colorado this week. Ten people were shot at a grocery store. This is coming right after we just had another mass shooting last week in Atlanta. Eight people dead. And I get a feeling that Americans are just becoming numb to these types of shootings. Or maybe, I hate to be crass, but maybe eight or ten people dead isn't enough for America. I don't know because I barely saw this on my timeline this week. Like, at all. So... I don't know. I just feel like it's just happening so often. We don't care anymore. I still care. I definitely care about gun violence and I want something to be done about it. We've been talking about this forever. Like why do people need to just carry guns around? Why can I purchase a gun on Tuesday at Walmart and shoot somebody on Friday? Like, I don't get it. I don't really have much else to say about the shooting. I don't want to dwell on it. I don't even know the guy's name because I don't like to give that power to the shooters. I really want us to remember the victims. So just keep that in mind. Like this did happen this week. I know there's so many crazy things, sweetie and Quavo, blah, blah, blah. Like we'll get into that too, but just keep in mind that gun violence, even during a pandemic is still a problem. And I don't know what it's going to take. Now I will say this kind of it's related to gun violence, but not so much white male mass shooters. But, you know, I was listening to the radio. As I said, I live in South Jersey, close to Philadelphia. I listened to the Philadelphia radio stations and they were having a gun buyback program. They were like, just bring us your guns. No questions asked. We'll pay you a hundred dollars. I feel like a hundred dollars isn't a lot to give your gun back to the police. I don't know. I feel like if I had a gun, I probably would want some more money for it. You could probably get more for it at a, at a gun shop. I don't know. So I'm just like, what is the incentive going to be? What is it going to take for people to hand over their guns and stop killing each other? I don't know. I don't think anybody has cracked that. It's really a psychological problem. We need to really address the mental health issues with most of these people that get these guns. And I'm not saying it's an excuse. I don't want anybody to get off on the insanity excuse, but I'm just saying, think about it. Now let's move on to a little women's history stuff, shall we? It's Women's History Month. I'm recording this on March 24th, 2021. And I saw some sad stuff about women this week in the news. Not about women, but related to women. And I'm talking about the NCAA women's basketball scandal. So basically, if you didn't hear, a couple of the, well, first of all, it's March, as I said, so it's March Madness. March Madness is going on and they are playing in a bubble in the women I are playing in San Antonio, I think, or San Antonio, one of those. Okay. It doesn't matter. The point is we got an inside look at March Madness, the NCAA women's, uh, bubble. And it wasn't good. It did not look good. The food looked nasty. The food looked like leftover Boston market thrown together. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not funny, but <laughs> they really like 
these 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 um women's basketball players showed like Instagram posts and TikToks and tweets like look at the conditions that we're under. These nasty ass meals. Then the real kicker was the weight room. Their weight room was like that little shelf of weights that you see at Planet Fitness that go from like five pounds to twenty pounds. Like that just one rack. They had like one rack. <laughs> and the men, as we know, is a huge facility with hella personnel and weights and equipment. And it just went to show how female sports are still not as highly regarded as men, men's sports. And, uh, it, I mean, think about it. If the WNBA can't even get no respect, what makes you think the NCAA women's team is going to get some respect? You know what I'm saying? It's the sad truth. I wish it was not the case. As a woman who hopes to raise a family one day, I don't want this to still be happening 10, 20 years from now. This is outrageous. And then, of course, the NCAA came out with some sad apology. No, you got caught. You got caught uh, treating men better than women, and now y'all trying to come up with some excuse. They claimed, here we go, I'll read y'all an article from NBC News. Unable to refute the clear discrepancy and amenities the NCAA initially hid behind a statement blaming the, quote, controlled environment, unquote, of the pandemic and claiming that the discrepancy in the weight facilities was due to a lack of space in the women's bubble. Interesting, because a video posted by an Oregon sophomore said otherwise. Her video was like, look at all this space we have. Big empty room, and we have one rack of weights. So, interesting. And then she said, you know, if you aren't upset about this problem, then you're part of the problem. It's, it's just clearly bad. It's just wrong. It's just so wrong. And then this article goes on to say that the NCAA has long been a part of the problem. That's because the protections provided by Title IX to shield student athletes from this sort of disparate treatment does not apply to the NCAA. I'm like, what? Hmm? Rue? Scooby-Doo? What? I had to read on. Turns out, the article literally says, you read that right. Over two decades ago, in NCAA versus Smith, Apparently there was a whole court case about this. I didn't know. The Supreme Court unanimously held that the NCAA is not required to abide abide by Title IX's rules because it is a nonprofit comprising member colleges and universities. And while most of those institutions receive federal funding, the NCAA does not. So the NCAA just gets away with so much. They literally work these student athletes like professionals and they do not get paid like it they don't get paid at all they get leftover boston market meals (laughs) i'm not even gonna hold you boston market it looks better than whatever they had like (laughs) it's not funny but like i'm just trying to i'm just i don't know what i'm trying to do we just gotta push through women we keep having to push through happy equal pay day by the way i'm recording this on march 24th it is equal pay day but as we know it's not even equal even Even equal pay day is not equal because, sure, this is the day. So basically, March 24th, 2021st is how long a woman had to work into 2021 to make the same amount that a man made in 2020. So we have to work like, what, three, four months more than a man. And women apparently make 83 cents to every dollar a man makes, but black women make like 62 cents. So that's why they say equal pay day, but nah, my equal pay day for, for black women, I'm pretty sure is in like August. That's outrageous. That's unacceptable. So 
We're not getting paid enough. We can't even get no good meals at a basketball tournament. We can't even get no weights. What can we get? What do women have? And while I'm asking that, that brings me to at least a little celebratory moment for black women this week. Uh, E.T., Entertainment Tonight, will be naming, well, they already have named, Nichelle Turner, the first black woman to anchor Entertainment Tonight. That is so dope. That's a little celebratory win right there. That's a little victory for women right there, and especially black women, because there have actually only been two other women to co-host the top-ranked entertainment news show. Mary Hart, she anchored from 1982 to 2011, and then Nancy O'Dell from 2011 to 2019. So this is a huge step. I feel like a lot of these, who brought this to my attention? Um, oh, what is her name? Julissa, Julissa Bermudez. You guys might know her. She used to do like 106 and Park and stuff. And now she's doing some other hosting gigs. She's currently hosting a show uh, called Central TV. I really suggest you guys check that out. It's really like black centric, but very newsy. You know, it's entertainment, but they're getting to the facts. And I really like that. And it's really the only show right now that has like two women of color hosts. And she brought up the fact that like for years, entertainment shows like this, they haven't changed for years. And so I'm glad that this woman is finally, she was already like hosting some events with ET, but now she's officially going to be the co-host and the anchor. So I'm happy for her. That's one small victory for women. Um, now another victory we could call for women in the LGBTQ community, new show by Lena Waithe coming out called them. Uh, this will be on Amazon prime. The series, the, the trailer has dropped for the series. It's a series, not a movie. And a lot of people actually had some backlash for Lena Waithe. Okay. I don't know why. Because I feel like she hasn't put out anything bad. Like, what is the Lena Waithe beef? What is, what is the actual Lena Waithe, Waithe beef? That's hard to say. Lena Waithe beef. Because I feel like a lot of people don't like her. And I just don't know why. Like, did I miss the memo? Did she do something wrong? I wanted to read you guys a tweet that somebody, I screenshotted this because I was like, dang, like this person is really like really going in on Lena Waithe. Okay. Underscore black boy shine on Twitter said, so Lena Waithe just going to do a mashup of us get out and his house while in the same time era as Lovecraft country. Now sis, you don't have your own ideas. You think this going to redeem you from queen and slim. It's not. You think this shit is radical. It's not. I'm like, dang. And he was not the only person to come for her. And I'm just like, Okay, I guess y'all not feeling it. I watched the trailer. It looks interesting. A lot of people were saying, like, we're tired of the black trauma trope. Like, can you stop with this black trauma? Because it basically is, just like he said, sort of a Lovecraft country meets uh, us. It literally has the little girl from Jordan Peele's Us movie in it. So all of these things combined, it just makes her look like she doesn't have any original ideas. But you have to think about the fact that like, this was obviously in the works like long before uh, Lovecraft Country or anything else came out. So I don't know, I'm interested. I told you guys before on the podcast, I'm into the whole black noir, 
uh, terror stuff because a lot of the times horror films are just black chicks. I mean, white chicks just falling down the stairs. So <laughs> I'm here for some, some, some crazy black stuff. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I think that's coming out in April. Now, I know y'all want to get into this little Quavo Sweetie stuff, so let's talk about it. <sighs> Where do I start? When I saw that Sweetie and Quavo were calling it quits, I was sad, but not surprised because, you know, celebrity couples don't last that long. They were together for a little bit over a year, I think. Um, no, two years, I'm sorry. And this is how I first saw that they broke up. I didn't read any articles or any headlines. I saw Sweetie's tweet. I'm single. I've endured too much betrayal and hurt behind the scenes for a false narrative to be circulating that degrades my character. Presence don't band-aid scars and the love isn't real when the intimacy is given to other women. Let's unpack that, shall we? <laughs> Number one, I've endured too much betrayal and hurt behind the scenes for a false narrative to be calculating, to be circulating. So what that tells me is that Quavo has been cheating on you for a while and you ain't say nothing. You kept up with the vlogs. You kept up with the act. And I don't know if that was for her own benefit or if her publicists were telling her to do that. But you should have broke up with him a long time ago, sis. Rule number one, if somebody cheats on you, don't forgive them. Don't take them back. Don't stay. I learned my lesson the hard way because I got cheated on. I took him back. He did it again. So <laughs> don't do that to yourself, sis. And whoever is listening, please, I, I understand they're a celebrity couple, but there are some nuggets of wisdom to be taken away from this situation. Also, presents don't band-aid scars. Well, we knew that. Most of the time, if somebody's cheating on you or if they're toxic, they want to cover it up with gifts. Um, he was giving her some extravagant gifts. Apparently, there's a new rumor going around that he repossessed the Bentley he gave her. Uh, that has been shot down. That is a lie, apparently. How do y'all feel about keeping gifts from exes? Hmm. I definitely do. Hmm. Well, I won't say I haven't, I don't have anything sentimental, but maybe uh, some sneakers or something. Anywho, let's, let's get past my life. Let's get back to sweetie. <laughs> so then she went on to say, I emotionally checked out a long time ago. and have walked away with a deep sense of peace and freedom, excited for this new chapter of elevation. All right. I understand sis wanted to say her piece on Twitter to her fans and anybody else who may uh, have been curious. But then Quavo had to respond and then it just became a little Twitter banter and I don't like that. Quavo responded, I know you want to make this into a show so I'll play my part just this one time. I don't normally put my business out there, especially my personal life. I feel the need to address this so there are no false narratives. Well, we talked about this on the podcast before. Take back the narrative. If you want your story to be told right, do it yourself. And so Quavo also said, I had love for you and disappointed you. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I had love for you and disappointed you did all that. Did all what? Did all, did, did all of what? I'm confused. What did she do to him? Let me finish. You are not the woman I thought you were. I wish you nothing but the best. I cannot stand when a toxic ass motherfucker want to turn it around on you talking about some, you're not the woman I thought you were. If that ain't the most future tweet I ever seen in my life, how you cheat and then blame it on her and make her feel bad. That's just manipulative. And we've all been there before. Sweetie responded, take care. And that take care tweet has reverberated across the globe. That take care tweet 
uh, has definitely, that'll be on shirts. That'll be on mugs. That'll be on, they already actually photoshopped Sweetie's face onto Drake's Take Care album. So <laughs> I really do wish her the best. I mean, she already on to the next thing. She already on the cover of Cosmopolitan looking amazing. And Quavo, whatever you did, I don't really care. I don't care about the cheating. I don't, I don't care about their story. What I want y'all to take away from this is what I've said before. Like people cheat. It don't matter if you are a multimillionaire, if you look as good as Sweetie, cause Sweetie look good. Sweetie looks good with a T. So it don't matter. People will still treat cheat and it's nothing wrong with you. It's not your fault. Don't let them make you think otherwise. Um, and don't deal with nobody toxic who makes you think that it's your fault. Like that's just nonsense. So sweetie and Quavo, best of luck to that celebrity ex couple, I guess we can call them. I don't know. I am sad because y'all know I talked on the podcast before. Like they really were one of my favorite celebrity couples. They look cute, but everything that glitters is not gold. We don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Like for her to say, I emotionally checked out a while ago, sis must've really been through it. And I, 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 I feel like there's more to the story and I don't have the whole story, but I'm interested in what she'll have to say next. Maybe a sweetie podcast. I don't know. Um, speaking of these rappers, let's get into music. Shall we? Justin Bieber's album justice dropped last week. Solid pop album through and through. I really enjoyed this album. Um, Justin Bieber is just so talented and I, I don't think I really talk about him enough or give him enough credit. But I've listened to all his albums pretty much, except one. One I think I totally, well, that was a year where I just, I don't know what I was doing. But his album Justice, really just a solid pop album. Um, he has features with Khalid. He has features with, um, what's that dude name? Daniel Caesar. <laughs> Y'all know how I be coming for Daniel Caesar on here. Uh, Giveon, Giveon ate that up ate that up. Giveon skated on that track. So we already know he's up next, but, um, yeah, I just feel like Justin Bieber is really getting back to his roots. Just when it's just vocals and music, that's all you need. We don't need all this fancy stuff. Just get down to the raw vocals. Cause he really is a talented vocalist. I'm surprised his voice didn't change too much when he's, you know, hit puberty. Um, I will say the one song lonely really spoke to me because it's just another celebrity crying out for help. He literally said like, I have all these people around me and I'm so lonely and I'm just praying for him because we see what's happened to other celebrities. I'm going to talk about Demi Lovato in a second, but it's just interesting to me that you can literally have it all and it's still not enough. I personally think money buys happiness, but I guess it can only take you so far. And that brings me to Demi Lovato. I wanted to talk about Demi Lovato's uh, new docu-series, documentary. I don't know what you want to call it. It's on YouTube. It's a YouTube original. They broke it up into three parts. And actually, only two parts are out right now, currently. The third part will be coming out on March 30th, 2021. So let's dive into this Demi Lovato thing, shall we? First of all, I think you guys need to understand my history with Demi Lovato. I have been a Demi Lovato fan from the beginning. Like, uh, I was having this conversation with somebody. I was more of a Disney Channel kid. Sure, I watched Nickelodeon and I watched Cartoon Network, but I definitely was a Disney Channel kid. I was staying up every Friday night, 8, 7 Central. That Disney Channel literally taught me what 
Central Time was. I didn't even know that was a thing. I stayed up Friday night, 8, 7 Central, to watch the latest Disney movies. I watched every Demi Lovato project. And around 20, 2009 or 2008, early, early 2000s, I went to a free concert at Penn's Landing in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was like a Radio Disney concert. Like, they had all these Radio Disney stars, and um, Demi Lovato was one of them. And basically, me, my mom, my brother, my cousins, we had to sit out in a thunderstorm and wait to see Demi Lovato. I'm surprised they didn't cancel the concert then. There were so many people there. It was like standing room only. It was crazy. and Because this was outdoors. This was outdoors at like an amphitheater. And so... Finally, I got to see Demi Lovato. That was my first concert ever, I think. And so that whole experience just made me a huge Demi Lovato fan. Flash forward, Demi Lovato is 28 now. And things have been hard for her. We all know that Demi suffered from an eating disorder. And let's just be clear. Demi Lovato is not fat. Demi Lovato is a little thick because she's Hispanic. She's Latina. Like... She has felt so much pressure and she talked about it in the docuseries because she did pageants as a kid and she was on Barney and Friends and all those things. She felt pressure to look a certain way like women on TV. Her mother had an eating disorder. Her mother was addicted to Xanax. Her father was an alcoholic. All of these things, her, her father was a bipolar schizophrenic alcoholic. All of these things, all these past traumas have just weighed on this girl. And like, we really didn't know how bad, or at least I didn't know how bad it was until I watched this documentary. Here's some highlights from this documentary. Number one, they said that while she was touring and everything, she had all these people around her. If she couldn't eat, you couldn't eat. She ran a tight ship around there. I don't know who it was. She said she had, a, I don't know if it was actually her or she had a dietitian, a nutritionist, a trainer, everybody on the tour, and you couldn't eat junk food around Demi. You couldn't even, she couldn't even smell it or see it. Like, they said it was miserable. They said they were miserable and she was miserable. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, just like the Justin Bieber song, if somebody looks miserable, maybe they're not saying it to you, but if they're coming out with songs and you can see on their face how miserable they are, why don't you do something? Why didn't anybody just stop and say like, hey, let's, let's not do this. I don't know. But anyways, so... This happened around 2018, Demi had been sober for six years. And then the summer of 2018 is when she relapsed and she had a terrible overdose. She could have lost her life. I didn't realize that this girl really came close to death. She practically was dead. So they said that this whole, and first of all, I didn't even know what kind of drugs this girl was taking. I didn't realize she tried meth heroin, and crack cocaine. Demi was on crack. I didn't know she was on crack. That's wild. So, they said that it was a a regular night. It was one of their friend's birthdays. They went to the bar. They were having fun. And um, the girl was like, all right, I'm gonna go home. And Demi was like, no, stay. And she's like, no, I'll see you in the morning. And she had a gut feeling. She was like, I should have stayed. Listen to your gut. Just listen to your gut. It, your gut is always right. Your gut is basically God talking to you. And the next morning, her assistant, and I just want to say this. Her assistant was a black girl. And I feel like the black girl, she was more of an assistant than a friend. She really wasn't a friend per se, or at least they didn't perceive her that way in the, she wasn't perceived that way in the documentary. 
The black girl's the one that found Demi. The black girl's the one who called 911. Everybody else was hesitant to call 911 because they didn't want the pub, the paparazzi and the public to know and and they didn't want to make, make a big deal out of it. The black girl is the one who said, I was scared of, you know, the repercussions, but I called 911. Why would there be repercussions for saving this girl's life? I don't know. They had a weird camp going on. But the black girl saved Demi's life by calling 911, and I feel like she didn't get enough credit for that. Um... But anyways, they said that when she overdosed, she had 30 strokes, a heart attack, pneumonia, and she still can't drive to this day because of brain damage that gave her blind spots. She said sometimes when she's pouring a glass of water, she'll miss the cup because she has blind spots. That's what drugs will do to you. And so what's the message here? Demi Lovato has since, you know, sought help, got help, is getting clean, is doing well, but... It's it's just eye opening because they everybody in the docu series basically said like she's really good at hiding it. We had no idea. You never know what people are doing behind the scenes. You might think somebody is a sweet baby angel and they're not doing anything. This girl was doing crack, and some people say like, how do you go from like smoking a joint to smoking crack? And she was like, it's not that hard. Like I had a dealer on standby. And another thing, her dealer that day came over, gave her the drugs, got her high, and also raped her. This girl has been through hell and back so many times. Because I remember back in the early 2000s when she had eating disorders and stuff. And she's been going, this has been going on for like 10 years. I'm so glad this girl is getting help. I'm so glad that she is really telling her own story because I feel like she's never been this raw, she's never been this real, and she's finally owning her truth. And we need to hear the truth. We need to hear what goes on behind the scenes. And everybody is sad, but everybody was celebrating like, yay, you made it to 28. Because a lot of musicians and celebrities die at the age of 27. I don't know why. That number is weird. But she made it. She's pushing through. And I'm just so happy that she told this story in this way. You know I love a documentary. So, Demi, thank you for sharing that with us. It's called Dancing with the Devil. Make sure you guys check that out on YouTube. All right, finally, I want to end with a segment that I did like once before and I never did it again, but we need it right now, okay? It's been a lot of heavy stuff in the news lately. Let's do a celebration station, shall we? Celebrate good times, come on. We're gonna celebrate something good this week. Reparations, yes. Haven't talked about that in a minute, huh? Cause it's been slow for the reparations. <laughs> But Evanston, Illinois will be giving reparations to their black uh, community members. But there are a couple catches. But this is like really the first reparations program we've seen in America. So that's what we're celebrating. It doesn't matter all the ins and outs and the hangups. We're celebrating the fact that an Illinois city will be giving reparations to black residents. Isn't, isn't God good? Now, if only we could bring that to New Jersey. So the whole deal is like, this is actually going to be going towards um, housing and stuff. I'll read you guys something from the Chicago Tribune. The First of all, y'all want to know where the money coming from? The $10 million program, the first of its kind in the nation when approved in 2019. So they've been working on this since 2019. It will be funded through marijuana sales tax revenue along with some donations. <laughs> so... I guess it got, it kind of goes hand in hand. I don't know. I don't want to say all black people smoke weed, but 
y'all legalized weed. Now the sales tax from that is going to be used for reparations. So it's kind of like black people putting money back in black people's pockets, I guess. I don't know. Anywho, the specific measure approved this Monday in an eight to one vote establishes a $400,000 housing grant program. So it basically they want people to use the money on housing stuff, down payment on a house, uh, housing taxes, here, I'll read it to you. To qualify, an applicant must have origins in any of the black racial and ethnic groups of Africa. Applicants must also be a black resident of Evanston between 1919 and 1969, or that person's direct descendant. Applicants also may qualify if they experienced housing discrimination due to the city's policies or practices after 1969. So, as I said earlier at the top of the episode, housing, speaking of which, I know I keep jumping all over the place, but this week, was it this week or last week? I watched a documentary about discriminatory housing and like America's housing projects and experiments literally put black people into poverty, tore up our families, the whole nine. So I'm glad that Evanston, no, they're not just handing us 40 acres and a mule. They're not just handing black people a check, but they're focusing on the housing discrimination and putting their money where their mouth is. So let's celebrate that. Let's leave it on a high note. Celebrate good times. I'm celebrating reparations in Evanston, Illinois, and I hope you are too. That concludes another episode of Young Black Independentated. Christina, where can we follow you? You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter. That's it, Instagram, Twitter. Oh, and TikTok, Miss Christie, M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E. Follow the YBO podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I think I'll put up a video of this episode for y'all. I guess I will. So go check it out on YouTube at the YBO podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Bye. I love you for listening. Have a great week.